another edition of Pro and Dialogue. My name is Danny Servick. Happy New Year. 2020 is upon us. Um, I hope everybody got through the holiday season, the Christmas season, the start of 2020 uh, in good health, uh, in good fortune. Uh, excited to be back. Excited for an amazing uh, start to the year. Um, have some, some really fun guests lined up. In batting lead off this uh, to start 2020, uh, my good friend Mike Taylor, uh, who is currently the coach in Germany uh, in the Bundesliga with Hamburg, uh, but uh, has been the head uh, men's coach of the Poland national team since 2014. Just finished uh, with their best performance um, in the quarters in uh, back in the World Championships in the FIBAs in 2019. Uh, and just he is just a basketball uh, dude is kind of the best way to put it. Um, met him years ago, right when he came out of coaching in England and was in Germany, and have spent a lot of time with him in summers in the uh, summer leagues in Vegas. Uh, he spent time coaching in the D League, working with Nick Nurse in RGV, working where he was the head with the main Red Claws with the Celtics, learning under Doc Rivers and Brad Stevens. And he's just a uh, son of a coach um, and just kind of one of the, the, the really neat guys to listen to, um, very intelligent, very thoughtful in his approach, very positive in his approach. Um, and in unique settings, settings where he's coached in, in, with teams where he's had younger kids and having to incorporate and always balance and not just flooded with superstars. So I think it's very uh, applicable to high school coaches uh, and, and even to some college coaches working through um, just building rosters and, and the balance of playing talented younger guys. But then also speaking to one of the things that I always love hearing about that you got to learn to do it. You know, you got to learn to be Batman. You got to learn just because you're a talented guy and playing up, you know, then he talks about the, the joys of playing down and up. So he, he is a, he's a, is a just a great listen uh, someone that I'm super excited to have on, uh, and hopefully um, everybody can get some things here to kind of start the year uh, with their son or daughter as a parent or with a coach. So uh, grab your cup of coffee, grab your beverage, get your notepad, and hope you uh, enjoy this week's edition of Pro and Dialogue. So the uh, one of my favorite things of, of, of waking up every morning uh, back in uh, the fall, late summer of, of watching the FIBA World Championships was anytime Poland was playing and I could pick up the mics of a voice that seemed like it was about to break at any point because he was strained because he was coaching his tail off. My, uh, <laughs> my good friend, uh, Mike Taylor. Coach Mike T, how are you doing, sir? Danny, I'm doing great, and I really appreciate you you having me on your podcast here. 
listen, I, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, and we'll come, we'll circle back here a little bit, uh, uh, and talk about the current where you are in Hamburg, Germany, and, and, and you're leading that team and winning the pro a championship last year and back in the BBL. Um, but you are, um, man, it rolls back. I guess we, we first met when you were in Ulm. Um, you've always been one of my favorite, just kind of like passionate energy hoop basketball guys that brings it, whether it's just, whether it was just me and you and Pat King sitting in a coffee shop somewhere with nobody else around, or if it's in a gym full of people and talking like your, your passion has always resonated. And it's, it's one, uh, that I was like, I gotta have you on the podcast just to, to, to let people hear about you, learn about you. Um, talk a little bit, um, as, as kind of we do each week, just kind of talk about your journey, how you fell in love with the sport. You can roll it all the way back to your, your playing days. And I, I know you're a Northeast guy from Pennsylvania. Just, just talk a little bit about how, how you got to the present. Yeah, Danny, you know, I, I grew up the son of a coach in a basketball family. Uh, sports, not only basketball, but all sports were important to us. So we grew up playing basketball, you know, baseball, football. Uh, my dad coached at different levels. You know, he was had a really good coaching career as, as an assistant coach under Bob Knight at West Point. And then, you know, he was head coach at some Division II schools, uh, Lock Haven in Pennsylvania. Got a chance to be an assistant with Willis Reed with the Knicks and then went to Creighton in, in Omaha. And then he came back to Clarion. So we kind of grew up in Western Pennsylvania and I just was kind of like, you know, tagging around, you know, tagging along with my dad, going to his practices and, you know, always being around. And, you know, I just grew up wanting to be like my dad. And, and I think that that was kind of where it all started. You know, he did a really good job of helping us have fun with sports, have fun with all the different games. And even though he was a basketball coach, you know, I think growing up, I kind of liked baseball the best. And, um, you know, I think it was one of those things that there was no real pressure on. It's just more about fun. Um, so I just had a passion of, of you know, sports, and it turned into coaching. Uh, and I think, you know, my dad is kind of the, I feel like the big advantage that I've always had because it's not just about X's and O's. It's more about, you know, managing people, leading a team, you know, all the things that we've talked about throughout the years. So I think that's where the passion started. And then, you know, obviously the opportunity to, you know, play in college and, and play for Kirk Kanaski, another good coach who really helped me in a lot of ways. And I just knew from a young age that I wanted to get into coaching. Um, so that's kind of what I, I based it around. As I was a graduate assistant in college, I, for three summers, I went around to basketball camps all over the USA, um, you know, basically like 11 camps a summer and, you know, North Carolina, North Carolina State, Duke, Kansas, Florida, Kentucky, New Mexico, on and on, um, just trying to network and learn. And, you know, the, the, the network kind of opens things up. And I, I always base myself like, hey, I want to be like my dad and coach college basketball. That's what I see my future. But then I had the chance after coaching some touring all-star teams to go to Europe. And, you know, it opened up a whole new world. Um, you know, I left Pittsburgh State in Kansas in 2000 uh, and I went overseas so it's been like 20 years overseas now. Um, and, and for me, you know, I felt like I was going to come overseas for one year and go back <laughs> in to get into college. And, it, you know, we win our league the first year. You know, I get a job with, with the, the Leopards in London. And, you know, I'm still involved with the USPL back in, you know, those days at the time. And 
and then like you you mentioned the time in Ulm was kind of where I first started to really make my reputation in in Europe um and then over eight years in Ulm you know moving the team up and and being in the Bundesliga I got a chance to be an assistant coach with with my friend with the, the Czech Republic national team for four years mm-hmm. one of the teams we beat there was was Poland in in Slovenia in 2013 and I think this was a kind of a factor in me getting attention to get the Polish job you know, and then in the meantime, when Ulm ended, I was back in the in the D League for three years. You know, one year as an assistant for Nick Nurse at RGV, and then two years as a head coach at a main Red Claws. So the chance to be around, you know, Doc Rivers and his staff, Brad Stevens and his staff. You know, I really tried to maximize those opportunities to learn and grow and develop. And you know, I think when you're around like people you consider who are the best, you know, you have a model, you have a guide, you have an example. So I think those couple years really helped me push myself to get better and develop and grow and I'm really proud of what we've been able to do you know with with Poland you know when I started in Poland we were ranked like 42nd in the world and now after after the September it's up to 13th um you know a top eight finish at the World Cup you know it's just a special run and and obviously you know I missed just coaching the club team so to get back into Hamburg and have another project to try to build up you know winning the pro a and and getting into the Bundesliga you know, for, for a guy that loves basketball, it's, you know, it's basically the best thing. You yeah. Know, you, you can't get any better than that. You guys, um, y'all had a, a, a great showing, uh, at the, at the Euros, uh, this fall. Talk a few minutes about that. Like I, I loved, I mean, that was literally here in the States, you know, waking up incredibly early, you know, getting the iPad on, on one, getting another game on another channel on the TV. Just talk about, you guys played really, really well, had, had the great, like you said, quarter finish, just in terms of kind of the, the direction of, of that club now. Like you said, you've been with them since 2014. Um, just talk about kind of like your experience there and, and just how you how you felt the tournament was. Well, I, I think the, the World Cup in China for us was uh, the, the epitome of a great team effort. You know, we didn't have any big names. We didn't have any NBA stars. We just had a bunch of guys that were really good pros overseas that have been together working through, you know, for six years, through success, through failure, through good times, through tough times. Um, and I felt like, you know, to even qualify was a big deal for Poland, you sure. know, because this, this was the second World Cup in Poland history, the first in 52 years. And, you know, we, we were basically three and three at the midpoint of those qualifications and we were struggling, you know, to find ourselves. So we go on a five game winning streak and, and qualify beating some really good teams, Italy, we beat Croatia twice, you know, so just the achievement to get there was something special. And then to have that opportunity um, and really have the team, you know, rise to the, to the occasion and, and play so well together was something special. Uh, the game that I think everybody will remember is, is the win over China. Sure. Um, you know, China threw everything at us and, and it was a really tough game, a lot of adversity for us and, and to win in overtime, fantastic big moment for, for Poland and for our team. And, and then I think, you know, you get into the, the, the game, the decisive game was the win over Russia. You know, we played Russia, a, a really good team. We played them for the last several years and whether it's, friendly games, qualification games, things like this, you know, so we knew them pretty well, but you know, that, that was, that was a really another great moment for, for Poland basketball. So for us, it's a situation where you're, you're, 
you work together for six years, you go through a lot of experiences, you really develop a core, you build those great relationships. And I think those relationships and, and that team uh, kind of powered us, you know, in, in those moments of adversity mm-hmm. in, in that, on that big stage. No, you, it was just, it was a lot of fun, obviously selfishly for, for, to, to watch you guys, um, you know, and pulling you in, in kind of being a, uh, pseudo uh poland fan for that to see you guys do so well in the world was 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 great and excited about that kind of moving forward talk talk a little bit about like in you mentioned on it and i forgot that you worked with nurse and rgv like that's a that's a you talk about you come back to the states and you work with 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 coach uh who of course then goes on to win uh a title and then to work around doc and coach stevens like just kind of being a sponge and, and you talked about that and, and it's interesting we've had you know whether it was coach bird from belmont gave a great story about when he was a young coach and driving to go work a camp with coach wood and, and just the and you know that's kind of a lost thing i think nowadays you don't the guys that just drive all over work camp after camp after camp and networking but you learn i think at an early age to learn to listen and to take that in and then once you kind of get into your professional group for you to still be able to do that had to be I mean, that's a great, you know, three, four year little stretch here to kind of learn to then catapult you to the present, right? Yeah, 100%. I think the first thing is that, you know, even when I came overseas, I came overseas in a, in a third division, you know, and I think everybody, you know, says, oh, I'd like to coach overseas or I'd like to, you know, to go work somewhere and, but they don't want to pay the price to do it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're coming overseas for, for low money, you're coming overseas to a low level, but I always had the mentality at that low level, like, this is my NBA. This is, you know, like the, the old Frosty Westerling book that make the big time where you are. Yes. This is this is the mindset that I'm going to maximize my, my situation. I'm going to make the most of it and I'm going to treat it with that same attention to detail of the highest level. Um, and, and I think that's something that people lose opportunities from or, or they're 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 afraid to take a, a lower level opportunity and work their way up. And, and at the end of the day. Just like a player, like many of the guys that you represented over the years, it's it's a year by year, step by step situation. You mm-hmm. have to prove yourself, and then once you prove yourself at this level, then you can try to push it to the next level. And and over over, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, but I think that, you know, the chance to come back and, and be around Nick. You know, I, I coached against him in England. Uh, Chris Finch was in Sheffield, and, yeah. and Nick was in Brighton. So, you know, you're talking about some great coaches. Yeah. You know, Nick really helped me understand the D-League, uh, the way it was at the time. Um, you know, and, and again, the very next year, you know, the Celtics hire me to, to coach Maine. Uh, you know, and, and then the chance to be around Doc is a dream come true. Great leader. Um, you know, so much experience. And, you know, and then obviously Brad, you know, who's been one of the hottest coaches for, for years. You know, and he's just very intelligent and very prepared. So I think when you have all these examples of, of quality people doing things their way, you know, you're, you're just really, you have, you have a great, you know, just place to base things off of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the most important thing after that is be who you are. Don't try to be somebody else, you know, and, and going back to my dad's influence, he would always challenge me like, Mike, what's your philosophy? So at a young age, you know, he knew I wanted to coach. He, he was talking, you know, what is, how do you think an offense should be run? What, what do you want to do defensively? How do you want to run practice? You know, what type of players do you want to recruit? You know, all the way. Uh, I think that it's important that coaches be who they are and don't try to be someone else, but 
when you are around those great coaches who uh, can be an example for you, you know, I think that can really help you. But at the end of the day, you have to really be willing to work and, and I think, you know, work your way up. Was there, was there a common factor uh, in, in, in your stretch around being around Nurse and, and, and Doc and, and, and Coach Stevens that, were, that it was kind of a shared thing that, you, that you've kind of used to impact you and in, 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 in now kind of in this next phase of your coaching journey? Well, I, I think I tried to get different things from each guy. You know, uh, around around Nick, I was really interested in trying to understand the rocket ball philosophy, the the, the offensive philosophy of the Rockets, and, and learn about the the D League from Nick with his success there and his experience. Then, you know, around Doc, you know, I really tried to learn about you know his defense, or or let's say the you know the the Van Gundy you know defensive system that that has been passed down through you know Coach Thibodeau and and Mike Longobardi at the time. I spent a lot of time asking questions of him and the staff. And then around Brad, it's it's just obviously you know the 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 preparation. Um, I think some of the, the the offensive philosophy you know just Brad is really intelligent and he's really you know thoughtful in what he's doing. So I think you just try to say, okay, what are the strengths of each of these guys and, and what can I take from them, um, you know, to try to grow and develop, you know, all the different areas of my coaching game. Uh, so I don't know. I, I think all of them are, are elite coaches and, you know, obviously they prove it over and over again. But what I tried to do was kind of take the best, you know, look at, look at them and find their strengths and, and see, you know, what I could take and, and try to, you know, uh, implement or or you know let's say add uh into what what i'm doing yeah Let, let's uh, we'll spend a couple of minutes because i don't want to we'll move off in a different direction but you're, you're you're back coaching in the bundesliga this year with with hamburg and you guys won the title last year and, and kind of talk about your re-entry back into germany on the club side um and 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 how how things are going back now with with hamburg yeah, I mean, I love the German Bundesliga. Uh, great experiences from Ulm, um, you know, coaching there. And, you know, you're, I leave there in 2011 and I come back to, to Hamburg in, you know, 2018. Um, so you're talking about seven years difference, you know, different experiences, national team focus, and, you know, obviously around the NBA teams and D-League and stuff. And the league has really grown. It's really developed. Um really quality uh and, and obviously germany is a great lifestyle great country to live in uh hamburg is a city with so much potential and an organization with so much potential now what attracted me to it was the one of the owners the general manager marvin willoughby former german national team player um you know had a really good pro career he came up in the same project under holger geschwinder with Dirk Nowitzki. What's interesting is if you're in the gym just shooting around, shooting baskets with Marvin, he's got the same shooting form as Dirk. No way. <laughs> uh, yeah, same, it's it's fantastic. Um, so you know he's he's obviously from that that coaching tree that that school. But you know the thing about Marvin is he puts his heart into the team and the organization. He does a lot of great things here in the city, uh, helping people. Uh, you know. So for me, uh, you know, I put my heart into my teams as a coach, and I think there's a really good fit there. We came together last year in 2018 or 2018-19 in the Pro A, and the whole goal was, you know, they didn't make the playoffs. They finished 13th the year before, and, you know, we want to move up. 
and then when you set that goal and you make that goal public, it's not easy to do. Uh, and I'm really proud of the way the team developed and grew throughout the season, came down to a really important playoff game in, in my former place, Chemnitz. And we won a game five there and, and earned the right to move up. Uh, so everybody was really happy. I think Hamburg is a great addition to the Bundesliga because of the city, um, you know, and hopefully we can continue to grow basketball here and establish it. It's been, it's been tough. You know, we, we started the first game of the season on the road at Bayern Munich, you know, champions and EuroLeague team. And we lost by 56. Uh, our team was really inexperienced and really didn't have anything to base it all on. But since that time, we've really grown and developed and, and gotten a couple big wins. And, and obviously we're still in that, that fight to stay in the league. You know, I think different from the USA in Europe, obviously there's a promotion relegation system and, the most important thing for us is, you know, we've got to make sure we have the class on our heart. We stay in the Bundesliga this year. Mm-hmm. The um, no, it's great. I, I know in 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 my years working on the agency side, I always loved uh, just kind of following you with your teams and whether we had guys with you and just kind of becoming a fan of of like I said, you just have a very infectious energy and you're just kind of a basketball guy. Um, and so I have no doubt that. Uh, you guys will kind of achieve that. I, I, as you're focused on that, there's, there there has to be kind of an eye and, and excitement uh, towards 2020 Tokyo, um, with with the national team with Poland, right? And and, and t- talk a little bit of, like that, that. It's one of those things, and I've you know been friends with guys that have that have coached national teams through the years and and do different things. That, you know, you're coaching your club side, but obviously there has to be an energy and an excitement towards that. Like how, what's the balance in terms of, obviously there's an organizational staff and an admin staff that runs that, but um, I mean, we'll, we'll, that'll be here before we know it too, right? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really thankful, you know, being a basketball guy that loves it. You know, I have two great teams to coach right now. It's, it's a lot of basketball. That's what I want to do when I wake up every day. I want to do something with basketball. You know, I want to spend my time at a practice, planning practice, breaking down video, working guys out, getting the game plan ready, you know, making the road trip. That, that's what I love, just basically living with the team. So now you have two. Uh, I wouldn't be able to do it without great support from both the, you know, the Polish Federation, you know, really good staff that's been together a long time and also here in Hamburg. But I think you just you're excited for both situations and you try to, you know, separate both and, and you know, develop both and build up both to, to, to do well. Uh, you know, obviously, before, even before we talk about the Olympic qualifying tournament, you know, we start our Eurobasket 2021 qualifications. So in February, we play, you know, a home game against Israel, then a road game in Spain. This is late February. One of the goals for me was to you know, play well enough to open up the next dream goal of, you know, Olympics. Back in the 60s, the Polish team had a couple good Olympic runs, but really Poland basketball has been nowhere near the Olympics for for years. Mm -hmm. So our performance there was was good enough to get us in this opportunity. And okay, it's it's a real challenge. You're going into Lithuania, you're going into Kaunas, and and you've got Slovenia and Angola in your group. And it's ironic, you know, one of my best friends, you know, Will Voigt, the coach in Angola, and we draw each other for the first game in the, the Olympic qualifying tournament, you know, so that's that's kind of the way things go. <laughs> and then we'll see, you know, we'll see what, what you know, who Slovenia has. Will Doncic play? You know, will Dragic play? Will, will the rest of these guys be there? And then on the other side, you know, obviously Lithuania is going to be really hungry after the, the tough, tough World Cup situation they had. 
Um, we Lithuania is a team we've played a lot over the years, so you know we respect them and they're a great team. Um, you know, and then I think the other teams, Venezuela and and you know Korea are also there, South Korea. So uh, I'm just thankful that we have the opportunity, and just like we approached in China, we want to you know maximize our opportunity. We want to do something special with it. You know, I, I hope we can win our way to that final game and give ourselves a chance. Mm-hmm. And whatever that is, you know, in Kaunas, we, we expect it. The big challenge is how we do the first few games. But if we can get there, give ourselves a chance, you know, the, the Polish guys have, they've risen to the occasion before. And, and hopefully we would, I know we would do our best, you know, but hopefully we could, we could do that again. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I can't, I can't wait for, uh, for all those games to begin. And uh, it, it's, it's going to be a great year of, uh, again, of kind of, basketball on, on a on a world stage um let's let's shift gears a, a couple minutes um and get into one of the things that that i like to kind of share and have have and our guys talk about and, and you obviously can offer incredible insight to this from from you've been in so many different in pockets around the world just an overall kind of philosophies of development and things and this i mean look you, you obviously have the impact from being the son of a coach and in learning things from your father and then from the coaches you've worked with, but then also in the countries and places you've been just the, you know, we have a lot of, of younger coaches, whether it be high school or college and, and, and a lot of parents that, that listen, um, and whether it's their own son, uh, in their house, you know, that, you know, as a, you know, late adolescent and into their teenage or, or, or college, just from from the approach of and it can kind of be a little you know macro can be can can be technical just in terms of what you see like we can start like with Poland and then you can kind of then do your own thoughts of processes of just how the the you know in terms of skill in terms of what skills are are focused and in different key elements you think that are uh, must haves for for kids growing up in the sport. Yeah, I think the the interesting thing, you know, with Poland, when you talk about the national team, you have a, a, a core of guys that you count on and rely on most of the time. But just the nature of it, you're always looking for who's next, who who are the next guys, who's the next rising talent and what, you know, OK, so six years with Poland, you know, we've we've gone through, let's say, one core of guys and, you know, let's say the the next guys are coming and how do you balance that? How do you manage that with, you know, needing to win now and needing to continually prepare guys, you know, for the future? Like, for example, you know, when I, I've coached, you know, Marcin Gortat played for us in 2015. Maciek Lampe played a couple couple summers. The, the bottom line is that generation has kind of moved off of Poland and now you move on to the next guys. At the World Cup, we had the youngest player on the team, or youngest player in the whole tournament. You know, Oleg Balsarovsky, a seven-foot, you know, power forward that's playing for Grand Canaria, 18 mm-hmm. years old. So you're always aware of who's next, and I think it's important as a coach, from a coaching perspective, you plug guys into roles where they don't have too much pressure and they can kind of gain experience step by step. You know, we had Shemek Karnowski playing behind. Marcin Gortat in 2015, this was during his Gonzaga run, he did not have much expectations, you know, and responsibility, and he played really well for us at that time as a young player. So I think it's important that coaches find the right role for the rising talents and the young guys. Uh, so that, that in terms of a national team perspective, that transition is important in helping the prospects 
you know, develop. And, and a lot of coaches are afraid to play the young players, you know, and, and they don't show that confidence in them. But I think if you find the right role, uh, that can really help them. I think from a club standpoint, when you pair the young prospects with a veteran player who can help them build the right habits and build the right work ethic and do the right things, you know, uh, day by day, week by week, then I think that also helps as well. You know, in, in Ulm, we had Per Gunther, Robin Benzing as young players. They developed into, you know, really good, you know, European pros. And we've got a kid right now in, in Hamburg, Justus Hollitz, who, you know, he's 18 years old and, and he's got a fantastic feel for the game. You know, he's playing big minutes as a, as a backup point guard for us, you know, on the Bundesliga level at 18. So I, as a coach, I've always enjoyed working with the young players and helping the young players, developing them and, and working on different things. I think the big difference in, you know, in the USA and Europe, you know, uh, everybody in the USA wants to go to a skill coach. Oh, I got to get with my skill coach. I got to get with my guy. And that's kind of like the thing right now. And I, there's, there's real value to that. But I think like in Europe, it's about practice. You're coming into the gym, you're working on your skills, you're working on your game, but there's a team element to practice all the time. And guys really understand, I think, reading the game, uh, seeing the game. And whereas the game is coached one-on-one so much in these USA workouts, over here you have a more of a team team situation, five-on-five situation, because there's so much practice. You know, guys are practicing all year. The thing that's interesting, you know, I, I don't know how much it is, but you think about this, like in the USA, every high school, every middle school, every college is affiliated with sports teams. Over here, it's a club. Mm-hmm. So when kids go to school, they go to school, it's all academics. And then, you know, there, you know, there's more sports uh, specification over here from an early age in terms of, and I know there's a lot of discussion about that, about the value of playing multiple sports. I play multiple sports. But I think the kids over here go to school and they're in one club, right? You're in the swimming club, you're on a volleyball club, you're in the basketball club. And that's basically what our club system is over here. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's all basketball. Um, and I think when you get a kid like our guy, Justus Hollitz, you know, he's playing backup minutes as an 18 year old at the, you know, as a point guard for, for the Hamburg Towers in the Bundesliga. And with our feeder team, you know, in Pro B, the third division, Vadel, he's playing big minutes and he can, play with responsibility in that pro B level, you know, let's say it's like a, a player that's playing varsity, but also playing in JV, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of kids might say, Hey, I don't want to play JV. I'm a varsity player. Well, you're a, you're a role player on the varsity. And if you keep playing as a role player without responsibility on the court, it's going to struggle. When you get to that point where you need to be that main guy, you're going to struggle with that responsibility, with the consistency. So I think it's important that kids maximize these different levels, right? If you're a prospect that is playing varsity, use the junior varsity minutes to really play, you know, impact the game, Mm -hmm. you know, really, you know, take responsibility out there on the court. And I think in Europe for these prospects, there's a lot of people that are kind of organizing it well for them. You know, there's a lot more like skills, right? It's not so much one-on-one and athleticism based. It's a lot more skill based and reading and understanding the game, you know? Mm-hmm. So to me, that would be the, the, the main points that, that I think, I think about just off the top of my head. No, that's great. I, a couple things from that one, um, that's been a common, um, 
mention uh, from from a lot of the, the international guys that we've kind of had on talking about that about how the U.S. is so. This is my skills coach, skills coach, skills coach, and in in the European arena, it's more team, it's more team, uh, and there is a balance, right? There, there, ha- you have to have the yeah. individual skill of that, but I do think, to me as a fan, um, that's why, like when I watch the world, I can watch. It doesn't matter who it is, but there's a general feel of action of sharing the ball everybody generally thinks one more everybody thinks you know on on pick and rolls have the reads have the things and do and and that's where um look the whole the whole notion of positionless basketball is 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 come from i think in large part the the international model where the big step out and shoot and the guards and, and and sharing the ball and i think the general knowledge of that and so much here in the stage is so much isolation hey you three go stand over on the side and we're gonna let the really good guy with the pick and roll or, or, or try to get a mismatch play um so there's that so i i, I think that's a um a great point to make and for coaches to do and, and look I, I i get the challenges here in the states where you have x amount of hours you're around the kids you know and and especially yeah. at, at the at the at the high school levels if they're playing multiple sports if they do you have only X amount of months to be around them. And so I, it, it's, it, it is a balance and there's the value, but I think that's such a critical point of, of teaching, um, of teaching team. The other thing that you said that I absolutely love and, uh, resonates. And I think I've shared this before. I, I remember I, I played for a, just a legendary college coach at, at Birmingham Southern, Dwayne Rebull. And I remember one time, my senior year, we had an off night, and I went with him and one of the assistants to go recruit. We went to a junior college game, and it was one of these JUCOs that had, um, like, the starting five were all, like, going really high, mid-high major Division One. So this this kid came off the bench. You could tell he was incredibly talented, and, you know, he could score, he could do some things, and he probably averaged six, eight points a game because he was just in a, in a limited role. And I was just kind of like, oh man, we gotta let's 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 offer him. We gotta you know sign him. And coach was like, no, you, you gotta you gotta know how to score twenty. Like we, you know, he had to replace the guy that we were losing. And he was like, you gotta learn how to do that. There's a value in in doing that just because you're talented. And, and to your point, I think so many, um, you know, so many p- parents of wanting their kids to play up, uh, but even though they may not be the main guy, they're on the bench just to say they're on the team. Like it's an ego thing. Like no. Go somewhere and, and go dominate. Learn how to dominate. Learn how to learn how, what it's like to to be the focus of the defensive scatter report where they try to take you away. You know, it's easy when you're like yeah. the fourth option. You can just stand over there and shoot. But um, embrace that. And coaches, I think, shouldn't be afraid to play guys to yo-yo like that. You know, if hey, if they can help us from an athletic standpoint or team pull up a little bit, but let's let him develop. Let's let him learn. Let's let him fail. You know, let's let him have a game where he goes three for 15 from the field and see how he reacts to that and then come back the next day. Cause it's just such a, a critical thing. And then because you know, this so, so very well, one of the things I've learned, like, I, you know, I, I can get the guy that's used to shooting, you know, 15 times a game, but I can put, play him in a limited role basis, right? Like you with Hamburg, you can, um, but you're not going to sign a guy that was a strictly a role guy to then go be a role guy, you know, but you can't get the yeah. role guy to go be, you, you know, Robin can't go be Batman all of a sudden. <laughs> so right. that's, that's the hard part, you know? And I think when you consider combinations and, and pairing guys and a team rotation, you can get that guy who's used to scoring to adapt to his role where, and, and of course he, he's like, he may always be hungry for a bigger role or more opportunity. But I think that's a lot easier than the guy who, like you're saying, scored six points 
and has potential, but you cannot rely on him, you know, that potential to be productive on a consistent basis when he doesn't know how to score that 20, Yeah, you know? So when, you know, I think as coaches, you have to be aware of how you're piecing your, your team together, your rotation. And again, when you have young, talented prospects, you try to fit them into roles on the team where they don't have that big pressure to deliver and a big responsibility, but they can be a rotation guy. They can get, you know, then when they make plays, that's the positive feedback you give them, you mm-hmm. know, but it's really tough, you know, and I've made that mistake, you know, at different times in my career, coaching career, really being high on a young player. And, and he, he was a role player here. And then when you plug him in to a, a role with big responsibility, maybe he's not as consistent or not as productive as, as you would hope. So mm-hmm. I think there's really a lot to that. No, Great stuff. Uh, let me ask you this too. For we segue off the um, each week, I kind of we, we call it our three point shot. Just kind of like three points of something that's Im- Im- important to them. If you're speaking to young uh, young coach parent in terms of like, hey, focus on these three ke- three key elements of something that it can can make their make their players better. What what are what are kind of like anchors for you in in, in whether that is. Hey, get a good jump shot, or you know, let's have a great culture of the team. It can be, it kind of, kind of be anything that just kind of speaks to you that are kind of some of your main tenets. Yeah, I think the first thing is, you know, it, let me just say the words play positive. So that to me would be, you know, be the best version of yourself. You know, focus on what you can control, right, and and don't waste your energy on negativity or things that you can't control. You know, basketball is a great game. It's really fast, and I think too many times players, coaches, everyone get caught up in what just happened before or happened earlier in the game, and they're not present. They're not really ready, you know. So I think what we try to do with with Poland, with Hamburg, with all of our guys, we talk about play positive and use being ready to use that energy positively, um, you know, being just positive and, and really ready to go. Uh, so I think that would be the first thing. Uh, you know, in, in terms of the next thing that, that just off the top of my head, that's that's what I really think about a lot with the guys. Uh, I, I think, you know, feeling for the game is important. Reading the game is important. Again, we talked about the, you know, like the USA being really athletic and skill. But I think people have to really learn how to play and read the game. Uh, so they're trying to develop that basketball IQ is something that I think it would be really, really good for young kids. And and people to understand, you know, if you're a smart player and really understand how to play, you know, I think the the main thing is that you can then fit into different levels. You know, um, you can find a way to be, con- you know, positive and contrib- contribute to a team. So I think that, uh, you know, the feeling for the game, reading the game would be number two. Uh, and number three, I just think that work ethic, you know, uh, getting into the gym, working hard, um, you know, in all aspects, you know, just the preparation. I think these are things that, that I would try to emphasize playing positive. Number one, number two, really trying to spend time developing the, you know, basketball IQ, reading the game, feel for the game. Um, and then, you know, just really making sure the, the fundamental part of it, the hard work, uh, you know, the work ethic part of it is, is, is always good with young players. No doubt. Those are, I, I that's a, those are, <laughs> kind of spot on like i that's one of our uh, the big deals and in, in, in i have a 10th grade and, and a 7th grade son so I'm, I'm really engaged in the youth space and to me i think 
you know, uh, following up on the play positive is, is coach positive. Like in, in, in that, um, in that setting, especially like, I think the biggest, one of the biggest tasks of a youth coach, um, is to, to not take the joy or, or just, uh, put out the flame of them wanting to learn and become passionate about the sport. And that I see that time and time and time when I go to games, whether it's the coaches, um, or the parents just, you know, going crazy and screaming. And it's like, you know, then they, they, they look up and they wonder why, the, you know, their daughter or their son, they don't want to play anymore or they want to go do something right. else. And it's just the, the negative and just stay on it. I always, uh, in some of the younger teams that I coach, and it, it doesn't matter. The, you, can't, you can't get mad at a player because he's not better. You know, like that's, I think they, we watch, you know, guys like yourself on television coaching pros and, and things that, no, this is just a twelve-year-old. It's just a fifteen-year-old. He didn't. He didn't mean to miss. You know, he didn't mean to to have the ball uh, go through his hands out of bounds. In in in, right. you know, too many coaches want to go ballistic about that and point that out and scream and it's like, oh my gosh, and like I can't believe you do that. You know, I, I you know, I it's one of the things with the teams that I coach is like, hey, we're going to coach effort. You know, let's, let's let's compete. Let's 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 always kind of be tough. But like, you know, hey, did any of you guys miss a shot on purpose and no, no one ever raises hands like, okay, then let's just get, you know, work on your skill, continue to work to be better for, be ready for the next time and then shoot it. So I, I just, the whole positive play positive coach positive, I think are so key. But like you said, it's the same thing, whether you're, when you, you're about to go play this weekend with Hamburg, it's the same thing. You know, it's, there's, there's obviously an, an element of, you know, you, you know, you have to be successful or you're, you're not going to keep your job and be paid. I get that part, but I think, there's still an element that you guys at your level can, can, can learn from that, like you say. Um, but especially for um, the younger sect, it's, it's really like what's, you know, how do you define winning is one thing we talk right. about all the time. Well, you know, Danny, for me, like the, my coaching philosophy is kind of, let's say, fun with discipline. You know, and mm-hmm. I think as a coach, you're always you're developing that relationship with the players. You're building, you know, that relationship and you're always reading the team. And I'm a guy that wants people to enjoy the process. I'm a guy that wants people to have fun when they come to the gym. You know, uh, you try to create that really good environment for guys that they're having fun. But, you know, human nature, sometimes guy, the fun gets too much and guys lose their focus or maybe they're not, you know, not where they need to be. That's the coach's job then to bring them back a little bit into that, that good area where there's, you, so you add a little bit more discipline. But then it's the other side as well. Sometimes there's too much stress, too much pressure, and, and you know, the, it's, the team needs a little something. So, you know, some coaches will call like reverse psychology, right? The team loses a game and they're down. That's where you pick them up. Or the team wins a game and, and they're a little bit too high and, you know, too fired up and not focused. That's where you kind of recenter them a little bit. So the whole fun with discipline thing I think is important, but it really, you know, bases itself on – having fun coming into the gym enjoying enjoying the day and enjoying the process and really trying to uh you know maximize you know the the individual and the team i love that um a few minutes here for uh, um we we conclude what's we always talk about next play. Uh, what's 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 next play? I I, I know we, we joke and, and you, you 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 always stay in the present and things, but there's been some some of your some of your peers that have coached uh, 
there in the Bundesliga that have now ventured their way over onto uh, NBA sidelines on, on this side of the water. Uh, I'm sure that has to be somewhere in your eye and kind of a goal of that if those uh, opportunities ever pass, kind of like in I know with focus with the national team with this summer with Poland. But what, what's kind of what, what where where do you kind of foresee yourself in, in 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 on this journey? Yeah, so I love coaching basketball, and I'm doing exactly what I want to do. Uh, growing up, wanting to be a coach like my dad and spend time with the game and and around the you know the game. So I'm really thankful that I have a chance to do that here with two great teams right now with Poland and Hamburg. Uh, and I just look at the process and I enjoy the daily process, as I said, of living with these teams, you know, just uh, the whole thing about coaching. You know, I had great experiences, you know, with RGV and, and with Maine being around the Celtics those years. Uh, it really helped me. Uh, and I feel like, you know, people say, hey, this guy can coach and this guy's a really good guy. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if, if NBA opportunities never come my way, then, then I'm still going to be happy coaching, you know, over here and, and wherever I end up, whether it's college or overseas. To me, it's about basketball. It's about, you know, you know the process of, of coaching and, and building the relationships. So this is what I'm very thankful for. Uh, obviously, you know, you see guys go on to success. And, and Nick is a great example for all the coaches who have really worked their way up, you know, um, you know, I, I look at his, his path as kind of, kind of an example, a guy that's gone overseas, came back to the USA and, you know, he worked his way up and, and worked hard as an assistant with the Raptors for years and, and really has done a fantastic job. Um, I saw him in China and got a chance to talk with him a little bit, you know, in Shanghai when, when he was there with Canada. And so, you know, I think, you know, those, those are things that you always think about and you always look for those motivations, but, for me, I'm in it for coaching, and I'm, I'm really thankful, you know, where I am and what I'm doing. Uh, and I think if you're focused on that process and, and coaching, you know, wherever you end up, you're going to maximize it. And like we said before, make the big time where you are. Uh, until you get to that big time, you know, you, wherever you are, you keep making it that big time. I love that. I absolutely love that. I think that's a great uh, a great exclamation point to, to wrap up on. Um, my... Uh, my big time is going to be uh, a little JV basketball this afternoon, and then a little varsity game in the stands tonight. And I can't wait to go uh, go watch some some kids play. Um, Danny, the best days, the best days. You know, my dad stepped away from college coaching and became a volunteer assistant coach my you know junior and senior year in high school. And my brother, who was you know a couple years younger than me, when I was a junior, he was a, a freshman, and then when I was a senior, he was a sophomore. We played together. And those were the best days when, you know, you're going to practice with your, you know, your dad's there, your brother's there, just so much fun family time that we really think back, you know, as okay, a basketball family, but as, as a, as a family, I know there's many, you know, families throughout the country, throughout the world that, that can, you know, they can associate with that. Yeah, no, that, that is, I, I, my, uh, my son, uh, my older son's team, they, they, they lost like 11 guys off the team from last year. So it's a very young team and they're in, I'll get friends like, Hey, how's the season's going? It's great. Like I get to show up twice a week and, and watch them compete. Like it's just, it's a, it's a joy. And you know, if they're on the winning side of the scoreboard, great. If they're losing, it's okay. It's still 32 minutes of, uh, of action to get to, to cheer, enjoy and watch. And, um, I love it. And, um, enjoy, I know you guys got the weekend off and then, and then travel to, uh, 
the uh, top seeded uh, or top five team uh, next weekend. So you got your work cut out for you. But um, man, listen, I I have uh, I have anxiously awaited being able to have you on the podcast because, like I said, you, you've been when I we started the project and we've kind of had our hit list of guys. You were, you were on that because I've always just. You know, you're just a basketball guy. You're real. Um, you have worked your tail off um, at all different kind of levels and grinded and going. And, and like I said, I've been fortunate enough for us to be, whether it's in the summer league at Vegas, just kind of sitting in Thomas at Mac in an empty section, just talking basketball. And that stuff has always stuck with me. And I love seeing your success and can't wait to see uh, where on your path that you uh, you continue to travel, my man. I appreciate it, Danny. And, you know, uh, thank you for thinking about me. And, yeah, I hope that uh, you guys have fun tonight at the, the JVN Varsity. We'll see if we can get a win, some wins tonight, yeah, though. Man. So. Get All some right. wins. Get All right, listen, wins. Uh, continue uh, continue success. And uh, I, 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 I'm looking forward. Fun with discipline is going to be incorporated in. I love that. And I uh, I think, again, and we'll, we'll catch up soon. All right, Danny. Take care, right. man. Thanks, Mike. Back down yeah, the today. Pro and Dialogue. Uh, absolutely loved having Mike Taylor on. Um, learned some great things from him in that visit. Hopefully you did too. Uh, invite all of you to go subscribe to Pro and Dialogue if you don't do so already. You can find us anywhere that you get your podcast. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean. Um, go do a deep dive through some of the earlier episodes and uh, be ready for uh what I think is a, a just a really exciting list here in January 2020. Um, until next time. Thank you. Yeah.